Grab somebody and said, I need you to pray with me. Can you pass the test? God is forcing us together by prayer. I want to go higher. How many of y'all want to go higher? Lift your hands up. Now some of y'all going higher is going over. Say it again. Say, Lord, I want to go higher. Yeah, you're going higher may be going over there. Saying something to her or him. So going higher may be going over. Because some of y'all can't go higher because you refuse to go over and speak to her. Or you refuse to go over and deal with him. So you want to go higher, but you don't want to go over. And you ain't going over, you ain't going higher until you go over. Amen. Go with me quickly. We need a consecrated place. Acts 2 and 46. I'm going to go to this. Acts 2 and 46. And they continue, 2 and 46, they continue with one accord in the temple. In the temple. There it is again. There's the same place again in the temple. Prayer in the temple is different than prayer in the house. Prayer in the temple is different than prayer in the house. All right? We are to pray together. Now we're also, this should be, this one should be, we are to learn together, go to the next one. We are to be taught together, right? This here. All right, that should be on the top. We are to be taught together. Not only should we pray together, but we come to the house of God to learn together. You know, people got this sense just like they got praying together. People got this sense that I can stay home and read my Bible and I just kind of read myself and I can learn uh, all the stuff that I need to learn about God. In fact, people have this notion now that they are just as authorized to get what out of the Bible as, as I am. And they'll go home and they'll read the Bible and say, well, God talked to me just like he talked to the pastor. I read it. I I see it. It's, it's, it's my, it, I, I, he showed me something too in the Bible. Well, first of all, if you and the pastor are on the same level, he wouldn't be called a pastor and you'd be called a member. We come here to learn. And, and when you get the book of Matthew chapter 11 and 28, Matthew 11 chapter 28 verse, we come to learn of the Lord. We come to learn the gospel. We come to learn the truth. 11 chapter 28 verse. Look what it says. 11 28. What does it say? Come unto me. Come unto me. All ye that labor. That labor. And are heavy laden. Uh-huh. And I will give you rest. Uh-huh. Take, your yoke, take my yoke upon you uh-huh. and learn and of me. learn. It's learning. We come to the house together to learn. We don't stay home in our own Bible study and get our little own scripture and say, I got it. We came to learn. And when you, just like when you exalt your house on the same level as the house of God, when you exalt yourself as a member or a minister as on the same level of the one that's pastoring or delivering you the word of God, then you've, you've done an error because you should seek something as I'm teaching on Tuesdays and Sundays and Sunday nights. You should believe and trust that I'm giving you something that you can't get for yourself. If you could get it for yourself, there's no need of me being called. I'm not called or chosen if you're going to get the same information I'm going to get. There's something that God gives me that's above. And so we can't, look, look, go with me quickly to the book of Malachi chapter 2 and 6. Malachi 2 and 6. Now, God deals with us, I think, all. 
and in an, an, an individual level, but when it comes down to preaching and teaching and expounding the word of God, give me the book of Malachi chapter 2 and 6. Malachi, the second chapter in the sixth verse. Look what it says. Uh-huh. The law of truth was in his mouth. The law of truth was in his mouth. And iniquity was not found in his lips. Now watch this. He walked with me in peace and equity. That's why we're coming here on Wednesday nights. All right, read. And did turn many away from iniquity. Uh-huh. For the priest lives. For the priest lips should keep Hold knowledge on. the priest lips the priest lips now I'm going to go home and read my Bible for myself I can get it for myself I got, my, I, got, I got a Bible just like he got a Bible I know the word just like he know the the priest lips uh -huh. should keep knowledge should keep knowledge and they should seek the law and they shall seek the law at his mouth at his mouth they should be seeking the will of God at the mouth of the priest who is ordained to preach and minister. Not I can get it, I can go, I can go home by myself, get it by myself, I can read my Bible too. I'm a man just like him, I can get my Bible just like him. He must be, don't know me, I put my clothes on just like he put his on. You don't know how I put my pants on. I may hang them on the wall and jump in them. And I, I, I love you and I'm not exalting myself when I'm saying this, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm giving you facts. But we're not on the same level. And that's why we come out on the Wednesday. Why we got to come out there and hear him? I come in here every time I turn around. He preaching. He, he because there's a difference between you and me. He sent me to teach, and he sent you to learn. And I'm not. I don't boast myself and put myself up like I'm bigger. But just to, just like you don't put your house on the same level, you don't put yourself on the same level. And that's why I come. I come to learn. I come to be hungry. I come. Give me what I need for my soul. Feed me what I need. Tell me what God is saying. Speak to me and give me what God is saying. Anytime that's decreased. But you know, one of the only places we do it is in church. Only one, you'll go to that doctor and you'll sit there with your mouth shut and listen to everything he say. Get Romans chapter 10, 14. He say, oh, you need to take, you don't know if he's killing you or not. You need to take five of these at six in the morning, two of these at 12 in the morning. Some of y'all got a whole, y'all got a, one of them little things, you got your pills for the whole month. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you got the blue pills on Monday and the green ones on Tuesday, all them pills. You got about, child, I got to go, we could be in the middle of some child, I got to go eat. Why? Because that doctor told me I got to eat this pill and take this medicine. You ain't asking nothing. You don't know if it's going to kill you. You don't know it's for your heart. Any of y'all ever seen diabetes, what it looked like? Any of y'all seen high blood pressure, what it looked like? Uh, all that, you ain't seen none of it. All he said, take it. And you trust him. I'm going to take it. The doctor said, take it. Uh, why you tell him? I don't want to have no stroke. He said, if I don't eat it, I'm going to have high blood pressure. You take it. I tell you what the Bible said, what the word of God said. Well, you know, I don't, I don't you know, Pastor B, I don't agree with all that now. I don't think you got to do all that. I, see? The lawyer, the doctor. Amen. Lord, help us to depend upon your word and trust your word. Now, what I'm saying got to line up with scripture now. It's got to line up with what the Bible said. That's why you read your Bible as well. So that uh, look, look at Romans chapter 10 and 14. Get Romans the 10th chapter 14 verse. That's why I ask everybody to bring your Bible. Romans 10 and 14. Look what it says. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So if somebody asks y'all, why y'all go out there and sit in that church for an hour and listen at him or an hour and a half listen at him? Because they say, how can they hear without a 
preacher. I need a preacher, a preacher, that's going to minister to me specifically of what the word of God is saying so that I can hear. How can they hear without a preacher? Amen. I'm going to show you that even if you got a Bible, you need a man with that Bible. Acts chapter 8 and 29. Look at Acts 8 and 29. Look what it says. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Esaias and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, Do you said, understand what you're reading? Philip says to the man, Do you understand what you're reading? Look what the man said. And he said, He said, How can I? How can I? Except, except some man. Except some man. Should guide me. Should guide me. I'm reading, but I realize that I can't understand this except I have some man to guide me through these scriptures. And it takes a God man. It's a difference between a man and a man of God. A man of God is to help you understand the word of God. The word of God comes with the man of God. Are y'all with me? Lift your hands and say hallelujah. I got a few more scriptures. I want you to get this in, number, in Deuteronomy chapter 17. And then I'm going to go just a little bit and talk about communion. So we need to be present to hear. And we also need to be present to pray together. We eat the word together. Amen. Read that. And if there arise a matter too hard for thee in judgment. If there matter arise too hard for you in judgment. Between blood and blood. Between blood and blood. Between plea and plea. Uh -huh. Between stroke and stroke. Being matters of controversy within thy gates. Mm -hmm. Then shalt thou arise. Thou shalt arise. And get thee up into the place which the Lord thy God shall choose. Uh-huh. Wait, get up and go to the place. You see, you got something that you've risen that is too hard for you in judgment. So God said, get out from where you are and go to the place that he choose, which deals with the house of God, the church. Uh-huh, read. And thou shalt come unto the priest, and the Levites. Come, when you get to the place, go to the priest or the preacher, the Levite. Uh-huh. And unto the judge that shall be in those days. Uh-huh. And inquire. And inquire. And they shall show thee. And they shall show thee. The sentence of thy judgment. They shall show you what it is that you are to do. Uh-huh, read. And uh -huh. thou shalt do according to the sentence. Thou shalt do according to that sentence. Which they of the place which the Lord shall choose, shall show thee. Uh -huh. And thou shalt observe to do according to all that they inform so thee. So you're going to go to them and they're going to tell you what you should do. So we dealt with praying. We need to pray together. We dealt with the word of God. We come here to hear the word of God because there is this great attack on coming to church. There's a great attack on praying. There's a, people are saying, you know, why do you have to pray? I know God for myself. I can learn God for myself. I can talk to God. You ain't got to be here with no preacher saying you ain't got to go to no church. All of that has been disproven by the, by the book. Communion. Why do we communion together? And does communion have anything to do with salvation? In the book of John chapter 6 and 53. John the 6th chapter 53rd verse. I have a few things on communion. And then I'm going to be out of your way. John 6 and 53. 
John the sixth chapter and the fifty third verse. Then Jesus said unto them. Then Jesus said unto them. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Verily, I say unto you. Except ye eat of the flesh of the Son of Man uh -huh. and drink his blood. If you, except you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood. Ye have no life in you. You have no life in you. If you don't eat his flesh and drink his blood, you don't have no life in you. What is he talking about? What is he talking about? Communion. It's clear. First Corinthians 11 chapter. First Corinthians chapter 11. Eleven and twenty-three. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, uh -huh. that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, "Take, eat. This is my body. This is my body, which is broken now, listen, for you. This is my body. What is his body?" This communion. Now go back to John chapter 6. Hold your finger in there. Go back to John 6 and 53. Jesus said un, unto him, Valley, valley, I say unto thee, except ye eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Then he comes back and said, Take, eat, this is my body. This is my blood. Which means if you do not partake in communion and you do not take communion, you will not have life in you. You will not be saved. It is a part of your salvation. It is a very important part of your salvation. It's not something that you just do. It's a part of salvation. Read the next verse. Uh, go back over there to, to John 6. Uh-huh, read. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. If you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have eternal life. And he tells you what his flesh is and he tells us what his blood is. So what about if I don't eat his flesh and I don't drink his blood? Do I have, have eternal life? He said, if you eat of it and drink of it, you got eternal life. If you don't eat of it and you don't drink of it, you don't have eternal life. It is just as important as baptism. It is just as important. Amen. Look what he said. Read. And I will raise him up at I, the last day. I will day. raise him up at the last days. Uh -huh. For my flesh is meat indeed, uh -huh. and my blood is drink indeed. Uh -huh. He that eat my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, uh -huh. and I in him. He that eat my flesh and drink my blood dwelling me and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, uh -huh. and I live by the Father, uh -huh. so he that eateth see, me. See, why is that important? Because if you're really eating that flesh and drinking that blood, you understand if you have sin, a thing that you've done in your life, you clear those up. Because eating the flesh and drinking the blood forces us to repent. It forces us to deal with each other. It forces us to get things straight. Because anytime I know I got to go to that table, I got to clean up. And that keeps me to that position where I'm in a, in a state that I can be saved because every time I go, I have to go back and I have to correct those areas or those issues. Now, people that don't take communion because they say I got an issue in my life, then the problem is you don't want to straighten your issue because God tells you very clearly that you can clean it. You can clean it. You can take communion. I don't care what you've done. You can take communion. But you've got to be willing to do what John chapter 1 and 7 say. Look at John chapter 1 and 7. John, 1 John 1 and 7. Huh? But if we walk in the light as he is in light, we have fellowship one with another. See, we have fellowship one with another. 
and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. What, what it is, the reason say that, if we walk in the light as in the light, then we have fellowship with one another because what happens? If Gerard got something against me and I got something against me, him and we got to go to communion, I got to clean it up and then we can have fellowship. But me and him can't have fellowship as long as we got that issue. But in order for me to have fellowship with him, I got to clear my issue out. And so that, I, I don't go to the communion table because I got an alt against brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. So guess what that ultimately does? That keeps me now from taking communion and that keeps me from washing the sin. And if I don't wash the sin, then I ain't going to be able to be saved. So because it forces us. Look what it says. Read what it says. Uh-huh. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us. So what does the communion do? The communion cleanses us. It's a cleansing. Well, how does it clean? Because once I realize that I can't take communion until I get it right with Gerard, I got to clean that up. That blood going to force me to clean it up. And the problem why some of y'all ain't taking communion because you ain't willing to clean it up. The blood will make you clean stuff. The blood will make you deal with people that you don't want to deal with because in order for me to take the blood, I got to clean it up. The blood will make you ask for forgiveness. The blood will make you acknowledge things that you're doing that's wrong because now I got to clean it before I take the blood. I got to examine myself before I take the blood. So you're not taking communion because you don't want to take it. You're taking it because you're not taking it because you don't want to clean it. Because I'm forced to clean it if I'm going to take it. My God, somebody ought to say hallelujah. Then the next thing, somebody asked me, is foot washing necessary? Give me John chapter 13 and, and 1. The reason that's necessary, because it's going to be hard for me to wash somebody's foot that I don't like. And you don't know who foot you're going to come on. Now some of y'all, you know, y'all got people, y'all picked that. I'm going to get your foot. Y'all already stand by each other in the church. Y'all got a little gang that your foot next. Uh-uh. But look what he said in John chapter 13. John chapter 13 and verse 8. Peter said, saith unto him, uh -huh. Thou shalt never wash my feet. You ain't gonna never wash my feet. Jesus answered him. Jesus answered him. If I wash thee not. If I wash thee not. Thou hast no part with me. You ain't got nothing to do with me. You have nothing to do with me. If you don't participate in this foot washing that I've got going, you have no part with me. Communion, except you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part with me. If I wash you not, you have no part with me. So all of us that failed to take communion, all of us failed to go through this process, you need to examine yourself and ask yourself, well, why am I not doing it? And the, Watch, give me First John chapter 5 and 7. There are three elements to salvation. 1 John 5th chapter, I'll be read to you, Deke. 1 John 5th chapter, 7th verse. Look what 1 John 5 and 7 say. For there are three that bear record in heaven. There are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the, Father, the, Word, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth. There are three that bear witness in the earth. The spirit, the spirit, and the water, and the water, and the blood, and the blood, and these three you agree. You got to have the spirit, the water, and the blood. You got the water by baptism. You got the spirit by the Holy Ghost. You get the blood by communion. 
Those are the three agreements that you got to have in order for you to be saved. Now, you know, folk don't know what the blood is. Just people say, the blood, the blood, the blood. Where is the blood of Jesus? The blood ain't in your lips. The blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. Because you say the blood. The blood is in the cup. God ain't never said, uh, 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 you know, the blood. Because you said the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. No, the blood is in the cup. You take the blood when you get that communion. That's what he said. Look at First, first Corinthians chapter 14 and 22. And I got, I got two more and I'm, I'm going to try to get out of the way. Uh, Matthew uh, 14, Mark 14, 22. Look at Mark 14, 22. And uh-huh. as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed and break it and gave it to them and said, take, eat. This is my body. This is my body. Uh-huh. And he took the cup. Uh-huh. And when he had given thanks, uh-huh. he gave it to them. Yes. And they all drank of it. Uh-huh. And he said unto them, uh-huh. this is my blood. This is my blood. Of the New Testament. Where is the blood of Jesus? It's at communion. The blood is at communion. And when the Bible talks about you cleansing yourself by the blood, it's not talking about some blood that's mysteriously invisible that you cleanse yourself by. No, what he's saying, when you understand the necessity of getting yourself right before you take communion, that's what the cleansing comes from. The cleansing comes because you recognize before I take it, I got to clean up. That's what makes you clean. So when the Bible says the blood clean you, the blood sanctify you, that's the sanctifying process. Because once I realize if I take it unworthy, I'm going to die. I make myself worthy so I can take it. Amen. Does that make sense? Somebody say hallelujah. Give me John, Matthew 20 and 22. Yes, sir. Deacon, Deacon Joe. There's a difference. There's a difference. One of the things the Lord said we should do is always make provision for those who cannot take it. In fact, that's the only service in the Bible that we are told by God that we can be late for. No other service that God say you can be late for but communion. Communion is one that if somebody's on their way and they're late and they tell you, say, wait on them. First Corinthians chapter 11. First Corinthians chapter 11. So he wants us to make provision. Right? First Corinthians chapter 11 and 17. All right? Look at 11, 17. Now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not, uh-huh. that ye come together, not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when ye come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among now, you. Now watch, Paul puts this out before he deal with communion. He said, I heard y'all got some division going on among y'all. Then he goes into communion. Because that's going to be the cleansing element. I want you to watch it good. I, first of all, I hear that there's division among you. Read what he says. Uh-huh. And I partly believe it. Yes. That there must be also hearsays among you. Uh-huh. That they which are approved may be made manifest among you. 
When ye come together, therefore, unto one place, mm -hmm. this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. Uh -huh. For in eating, everyone taketh before other his own supper. Uh -huh. And so one, they had turned, they had turned, they had turned the communion uh, into something different. They were sitting in there, uh, you know, eating pork chops and shaming one another and everything. Well, you know, eating whatever they were eating. Get verse thirty-three. Look what the Lord says. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, Terry. Terry, one for another. Wait for one another when you come to eat. So if someone is not able to make it on a Sunday night for communion, then they should make an adjustment to have it on a Wednesday or whatever night that we have available and we make ourselves as the deacons, as myself, as the ministers, to serve it to them if that's something that prevents them from being able to be there. Even when people at the hospital that are sick the deacons should be able to go out and serve communion in those homes to those that are sick. It's a very important sacrament. So that's different between people who are just avoiding the table. In fact, I want you to get Matthew chapter 20 and 22 and look at this. Matthew the 22nd and the 20th chapter and the 22nd verse. Matthew 20 and 22. All right. But Jesus answered and said, all right. Uh, uh, get verse 20 and 20. Look at that. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children mm -hmm. with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. This is my last scripture. Uh huh. And he said unto her, One more after that, I'm sorry. <laughs> what wilt thou? Yes. And she saith unto him, Great, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand, and the other on the left in thy kingdom. What's, what's going to be the qualification to do this? Read. But Jesus answered and said, uh -huh. Ye know not what ye ask. You don't know what you ask. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I drink of? This is the thing. Can you drink of the cup that I drink of? And to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized oh, with. You want to get in and you want to be in there, one on the left or one on the right, or you want to get in, well, you need to be willing to drink of the cup. You need to be baptized with the baptism. That's why he says there are three that agree on earth. The water, the spirit, and the blood. Those are elements that are part of salvation. So we can't deal with communion like it's just this little sidekick service. It's very important. Uh, and, and, and communion is a spiritual meat. And, 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 the, and the blood is a spiritual blood. It's a spiritual drink. Yes, ma'am. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and 1. That's my last scripture. Yes. The disciples didn't have it. The question is, can a person who doesn't have the Holy Ghost take communion? In the book of First Corinthians chapter, everybody that took it in Matthew 26, they didn't have the Holy Ghost before they took it. They didn't, they didn't receive the Holy Ghost until the day of Pentecost, but they took communion before. But a man must examine himself. The qualification of taking communion is not being filled with the Holy Ghost. It's not a qualification. It's, it's, it's not having sin in your life, you see. So you got people sometimes that don't have the Holy Ghost who live in a pure conscience, like Matthew chapter 10 and 1, something better than the saints that got it. See, so the Holy Ghost in Matthew chapter, Jesus gave them communion, and communion actually led them into receiving the Holy Ghost because they were baptized. That's part of the blood process. So, but and again, a person must examine themselves before you take it. I never, I will never tell anybody 
who and who not to take communion. I'm going to tell you the consequences of it. But the Bible said let a man examine himself and so let him eat. I'll tell you, and after I get through telling you what the Bible says, and you find out what the Bible says, you might want to bake up, you know, hold up, take that bread and body and say, you know, let me wait, let me get, let me get this right. But again, we're, we're not authorized to say who and who does not take communion. First Corinthians chapter 11 it says that now my mother wouldn't let me take communion when I was little because she'd know that I. I had a little playfulness and I had some things went right, but I was waiting and waiting and itching all my life to take it. And she wouldn't let me take it because she knew that scripture. She told me, no. I said, why I can't take it? Because no, because you got to be a certain way. If you're not, you can call something, help do your body and all that kind of stuff there. So I visited another church and the first time I visited, she went down and said, I'm taking this. She been holding me back at church, but they got this. I, man, my lips was getting so it was getting it was getting red. I said, "I'm gonna take some of this," and they 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 stood up to tuck it. I stood right up there. Now the church that I went to, they had 100% MD20. They had Mad Dog, whatever it was. I ain't never drank. I never drunk no liquor a day in my life. I ain't know what liquor was, but I went up there, brother Mood. I went up there. They, they everybody drank it, and Mother Durant. Well, Mother Durant, she was one of the mothers over there. And this was actually at, uh, at True Holiness. Mother Durant was over there, and I sat over there, and, and they took that little wine cup with that real 100% MD20, and whatever it was, and I drunk it, and I felt that warm. I ain't never had nothing to drink. And I felt that warm go down my body. I said, I'm dying. <laughs> I thought the Lord was killing me for going in there and being disobedient. I felt that warmness come down and say, oh, Lord. This is it. That's about I'm sorry, Lord. I know I did a whole lot of stuff. Jesus, please don't take me. I feel that warm going down. And Lunton, my friend, he said, I said, man, I, you, you, I felt this warm thing. He said, man, that's liquor. He said, that's why I come up with <laughs> Me and him. <laughs> Me and him was... So, so, so the point is now. Now, let me share this with you. Let me share this with you. Now, there is non-alcoholic wine, and and there are people who take uh, wine which has alcohol in it for communion. That's not right, because if you got wine in the blood, you're telling me Jesus died drunk. How you? How can you get alcohol out of a man's blood that don't drink? How can you get alcohol out of a man's blood that does not drink? In fact, when you made, when you made, now this is, this is why it's contrary, because when you made the communion bread, you couldn't put any leaven in it. Because leaven was what caused yeast and what caused liquor. So God didn't want no leaven in the bread. And if you don't want the leaven in the bread, you definitely don't want it in the drink. So there, there is, there is, Wine, and most a lot of folk didn't know it. There is wine that is non-alcoholic wine, and it is still considered wine, and it is non-alcoholic wine. Amen. So, and and the Bible tell you, no, he talks about. I'll show you this, and it's called the blood of grapes. Amen. Y'all remember this scripture. Now I won't go, I'm not teaching a lesson on communion, so I won't 
I, I, this is not about communion. This is about taking communion. And, and brethren, I'd like you to get versed in this. Uh, I want you to get versed in it. So get me Genesis 49 and 11. Genesis 49 and 11. Genesis 49 and 11. What does it say? 49 and 11. Binding his fowl unto the vine, and his ass's coat unto the choice vine. Mm -hmm. He washes his garment in wine, mm -hmm. and his clothes in the blood of in grapes. The blood of grapes. So the blood was always symbolized from the grape. That's what the blood was, from the grape. And the Bible said, Jesus said, I won't eat of the fruit of the vine. The fruit of the vine. So they consider wine as a different. They consider fermented and unfermented wine, both from the same thing, uh, but but at different stages, different stages. Uh, just like a grape in a in a grape in a, a a raisin are the same thing, but it's a process that it that it went through. It's the same thing, but it's a process. So God doesn't want it in that process. Amen. Can you say praise the Lord? All right. Uh, let me say this. Let me let me let me. Let me, uh, I won't go there. First uh, Corinthians 10, it talks about spiritual meat. I want you to read it in your spare time. Talk about that spiritual meat and that spiritual drink. Read First Corinthians 10 chapter, First Corinthians 11 chapter. I think it would, it would help. Has everybody got a good understanding of what I spoke today? Any questions? Anybody have any questions? Now, uh, some people, yes, yes ma'am, Sister Jones. Uh, you're just saying praise the Lord. All right, Lord bless you. Yes, ma'am. Courtney? We're going back to that closet. That's right, we'll go back to that closet. She said personal things in the secret place. Okay. There are in Matthew chapter 5 Matthew the 5th chapter there is devotional prayer and I talk, I, I'm teaching a, a lesson to the praying women I started Monday, I'll be going down to each department teaching, there is devotional prayer and then there is personal prayer when we come to church in, in, in the setting where we are coming on a Monday night service, that's a different kind of prayer than when you're praying in, in your house. So when you're praying for the church of the church service, you're not praying for yourself. You're praying for the atmosphere of the church of the service. When you're praying in your home, these are for things, look at the fifth chapter, the sixth chapter, sixth chapter. Two things this prayer is for. Six and five. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and in every corner of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. There is a prayer that people get if you're not careful. Your prayer will be more about praying to the people than praying for the people. Or praying, you know, and, and people can really make you feel intimidated with praying. You know, I, I went to 
a meeting and I had to pray and this guy, man, he had such words, dear, gracious, holy God of Israel, the God that was here before any, I mean, he just all those big birds praying and you get to, they ask you to pray for something, you just say, Lord, here he is what he just said. But when you're praying to be seen and you're praying to be heard, that's the wrong concept. So what God is teaching them is the concept, verse 6, but when thy prayers enter into thy closet and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy father which is in secret and the father which seeth thee in secret shall reward thee in open. Verse 7, this is the key. But, uh, 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 but when thy prayers use not vain repetitions as the heathens do for they think that they should be heard for their much speaking. There are things that I pray and there are times that I pray and I get to that place of prayer and I'm praying in the church. There are times you just run out. You run out. And I, I can't compete with a 15 minute prayer and I got a two minute prayer. God says for that person that has that prayer life your prayer is just as effective as that person that had a long prayer. Just go on in your closet and say, your Lord, help me. Lord, make a way. Lord, because there are people who have been around long enough that they know the logistics of prayer. They know the order of prayer. But he's telling that person who has this intimidation of praying because there are people, some of y'all men, y'all wait, y'all wait until everybody is in there praying because you scared, I want to give me the mic. Sister so-and-so, we want you to pray. So good God is saying for that person, when you pray, don't use no vain repetition. Don't worry about that kind of prayer. Have a secret prayer life in a prayer life in the church. Everybody is not in prayer ministry. There's prayer ministry where we, are, we pray for others. But then there's a person who, I don't have no ministry of prayer. I need a prayer for my personal prayer life. And there are things that I do pray in personal that I don't want everybody in the church knowing. Even when I'm praying to myself. So those kind of prayers of those particular things, he wants you to have both a private prayer life and a prayer life that's engaged with others. So he doesn't want you to think because you have a public prayer life that it excludes your private prayer life. But they don't want you at home saying, well, you know, Pastor said we go to the temple to pray. I guess if I wait till the morning so I can get up, we'll get what I need. He wants you to know that there is a prayer life that's private and there is a prayer life. Now, what is the difference between the prayer life that's private and the prayer life that's public or the prayer life that's together? The prayer life that's private generally deals with some of my personal struggles or my personal needs. But the prayer life that's, that's connecting is when I want something and agree on something because there's some things that I may be wanting that's so big that God says to do that for one person may get you a little lifted up. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have to have you a co-signer that's going to touch and agree with you so that when it comes, you won't be saying, oh, child, I prayed and God just, when he just dropped. Oh, yeah, that's why I got it. I prayed. And when I was praying, I, mean, I, I got down there, girl, and I said, Father... Oh, Father. And when I looked up, when I looked up, the car was coming down the road. I got it. God said, uh-uh, uh-uh. There's something that you're going to get that I'm going to require another person involved because it gets you proud. It gets you lifted up. It gets you high. So there, even there's some things that are... Listen, listen to this. 
even with Elizabeth and Mary. There was, Elizabeth had John and her. Mary had Jesus in her. But there was a connection that they made in order to get that, that revival in her. So there are some things that God does because, and that's why it's so important that we have a collective prayer and collective people praying together, saints praying together with one accord and having that because there's something, if you've got something that you're praying for and it's been struggling to happen, maybe a house, maybe it's a car, maybe it's something that you're praying for that you've been struggling with praying, find somebody that's agree with you. And see when God open some other doors and make some other ways. And you might just need that other prayer because what you was praying for, you might not been in the, or the next thing is the fast because fasting humbles you. It humbles you. Amen. All right? I hope I answered that effectively. All right. So what? Oh, it's still a little long. Right, okay, I, I got you. So, 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 when he turned his face to the wall and prayed for his need that he had, well, one is the prophet had just given him word that he is going to, and and this this is what I want you to hear, is that the wall was more powerful at that particular time than the word, because the word of prophecy came to him and said that he was going to go and die, but the word of prayer superseded and went over the word of prophecy. I always remember that. Prophecy can overpower a word. I mean, prayer can overpower prophecy. Because even in the book of Nineveh, it was told that he's going to go down and destroy Nineveh. But prayer changed that. What was happening at that particular time, God is commanding him, uh, Shambria, I love you, and I'm so glad to see you. Amen. So God has designed it that in this, in this particular case, that Hezekiah is obeying those rules and obeying those orders of praying towards the wall. At that particular time, in most cases, everybody was praying at the same time. So all of you, when you, you would go in Israel, and even today, Muslims do it. I don't care where they're at. I don't care where they're at. They drop, stop, and roll. They hear that, they, 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 they get that carpet, they turn around, I had a nephew was in, in, in it, and I said, what were you doing at this? It's prayer. He had a sheet right over there, a little, little carpet over there, praying. So, so Everybody would not. Everybody would not have necessarily heard that particular prayer because at that time everybody would be signing prayer. There was an alarm go off in certain cities. There was a big old alarm go off, and everybody in that whole city just started praying towards that way. So it wouldn't have been access to everybody hearing that prayer. Again, that was that was not also that was not a personal prayer because Isaiah had made it known to him that he was going to die and uh, he was going for life. Yes. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? else. How many of you love the Lord? Lift up your hand. Let's thank him for what he received, what we received tonight. Let's thank him. Amen. It didn't come from me. It came from him. Thank him for the word. Thank him. Let's thank him. God, we praise you. God, we praise you. Just a few minutes. God, we thank you. We honor you. We honor your word. I have told the people what you would have me to tell them. God, I've ministered what you had me to minister. Lord, bring our hearts back to you. Bring our hearts back to you. God, many of us have been distant from you. Many of us have not been in that place where we need to be with you, God. We're praying for revival in our souls, revival in our minds. We're praying for a love to hit us back for the temple, a love to hit us back for the church, a love to hit us back for the altar. Lord, bring us back. God, sometimes our hearts stray away 
from the word. Our hearts stray away from prayer. But God, we're asking you to bring us back. And we sincerely repent. We sincerely repent. Let there be no arrogance. Let there be no high mind. Let there be no proud. Let there be no stubbornness. Oh God, touch us, Lord. Break our wills. Break us down in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we pray, God, that you would touch us and let us experience revival in this church in the name of Jesus. Tear down every stronghold, every foul force. God, I pray for unity amongst the church, unity amongst the saints, unity amongst this whole body of the church of God, the Bible way, rather than in the western district, the southern district, the new north, the northern district, God, wherever they are, God, I pray that you make us one. Make our bishops one, God. Make our elders one. Make the saints one in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We come against any division, any division, any separation. God, we thank you and praise you. God, we thank you tonight for the saints that are here. Thank you, God, for those that are listening all over. Thank you for the saints from the Southern District. Thank you, God, for Bishop McLeod seeing fit to have them here with us tonight. Thank you for Bishop Brookshaw and Bishop Shaw and Overseer Williams, all of the bishops everywhere. Bishop Shaw, all of them that are listening and tuning in, God, bless them in the name of Jesus. Bless us. Make us one. Make us one. Make us one. Make us one. Real quick, everybody, let's, let's rebuke every demon, every spirit, every foul force. Every demon of blockage, every demon of hindrance, in the name of Jesus. My God, if you lift your hands and thank God right now, the glory of the Lord is in the building. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, sanctify this place. Sanctify this place. Consecrate this place. In the name of Jesus. I'd like to encourage everybody.